Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Roundtable. Coming to you from Beijing, I'm He Yang. Good as always to have you join us on today's show. Dive into the exciting changes in China's retail industry with us, from malls to experiences. Shopping malls and stores are turning into hubs of entertainment and cultural experiences. Get a feel of the dynamic blend of online and offline retail strategies reshaping China's consumer landscape. And in some of the biggest cities in China, communal living or co-housing is being experimented as a lifestyle. It kind of resembles college, but this is not your typical dorm either. Where towering skyscrapers cast long shadows, these urban living labs bloom, fostering the close-knit communities often lost in the maze of mega city life. For today's program, I'm joined by Josh Cotterell and Ding Heng. And first on today's show. We're diving into the dynamic world of China's retail sector, with retail sales skyrocketing past 47 trillion yuan, or 6.5 trillion U.S. dollars, marking more than 7% year-on-year growth in 2023. We are witnessing an era where traditional shopping spaces are transformed into. Entertainment havens, from go-kart tracks to indoor petting zoos, these malls are not just about shopping anymore. They are about creating unforgettable experiences. And let's not forget the online realm, where new retail models focus on culture and lifestyle, seamlessly blending with offline spaces. On top of that, foreign retail giants are also making strategic moves, trying to establish and expand their presence in the Chinese market. So, guys, how have brick-and-mortar businesses such as department stores, supermarkets, and shopping malls transformed themselves, with e-commerce serving as a powerful competitor or complement? Yeah, so they are really actively, you know, trying to embrace the changing business environment nowadays, which is giving rise to this accelerated incubation of new commerce things. Let's put it this way. For example, we have this emergence of experiential consumption. This terminology. Because it has really replaced those traditional shopping as the main selling points of some shopping malls. The emphasis here is regarding the creation of a large entertainment、uh, experience area, to, for example, featuring the establishment of spaces for leisure, entertainment, lifestyle interaction, and the introduction of popular dining options. For example,、uh, one case I have read about is that in central China's、uh, city of Wuhan, efforts are underway over there for local traditional consumer spaces to evolve. There is a newly opened mall called Yingma.、Uh, this is a Japanese brand, and it has、uh, some local subsidiary over there in Wuhan. So I think the main selling point of that mall is. According to what I have read about, is experience-oriented. It is intended to dispel this image that malls are only a place for shopping. And statistically, 21% of the area in that mall 
in Wuhan is dedicated to enhancing consumer experience. A big feature is this 12,000 square meter entertainment area,、uh, includes like go karts track. Archery, virtual reality sports, and indoor petting zooms with animals like alpacas, etc., etc. So, really, a lot of evolution is really going on nowadays. Yes, indeed. And this Ian shopping mall,、uh, the biggest store in Asia, has been opened in 2021, and this、uh, Japanese retail group has more than 400 stores in China, and it's sort of like deepening its foothold in the market, and also adding more investment and. Opening, you know, these big brick-and-mortar shopping malls during COVID, I think that was,、um, you know, some extra thought and also gusto that went into this business plan. So, Josh, when talking about, you know, sort of like experience over possession and this mindset. Has long been associated with the millennial generation. Apparently, this is what they want. And what are your observations when it comes to these, you know, big urban development projects that seem to sort of try to capitalize on this idea? Well, I think that it's not enough anymore, is it, for stores to simply offer goods because、uh, e-commerce is now. Even more effective in many different areas when it comes to shopping, and I guess that when I think of the traditional mall, the product that I think of most, and I think every most people would be the same, traditionally would be clothing, right? Clothing items, a mall where you would go and maybe try some different clothes on,、um, and that would be one of the main benefits, right? Is that you can see the clothes in person, and then you can better have an idea of how they might look on you. But these days, also, if you go onto most e-commerce platforms, it's increasingly accurate. In giving you the correct size, right? You can put in all of your details. You can even do like a body scan now on Taobao. I've seen this that you can do a sort of AI body scan that gives you a recommendation for the right size of clothing and things like this. So even in that area, brick and mortar stores are now starting to fall behind. So obviously they need to provide something more, and we know that we're entering this new area of personalization and customization and increased desire. For those things, right? Modern customers definitely want these personalized experiences. Just more generally, I think this is what is expected, and so retailers they really need to offer more interactive shopping experiences.、Um, they need to be able to give the customers、um, an experience that they're never going to forget, right? And I guess that the mall itself now is becoming、um, like almost like a theme park of sorts. You know, <laughs> a sort of place where you would go in order to have. A really exciting time,、um, and it is pretty exciting. It's working, I guess. I mean, now I wouldn't go to the mall to buy, go buy clothes. I don't think I have done since I was a little kid, to be honest. But I will go to the mall now to go to some of these arcades and stuff like that.、Mm. I went to an amazing one in Qingdao, and we were in there for hours and hours just playing all of these retro video games. It was incredible. <laughs> And these retro video games—they're the similar few choices from the past all across the world, right? I've got、yeah. friends from the U.S. and the U.K. looking for the same arcade games and finding them and enjoying them here in China, and also bonding with a whole bunch of other friends, and also maybe over a glass of beer or something like that. I mean, is that a staple in those places? Possibly not, if they're targeting like. Kids, underage people, but anyway, a lot of businesses are sort of finding their own niche and、uh, 
Also, once you do, then can you lure people into your physical space? Because that, I would think, might be a little bit more difficult after COVID. Or maybe, well, okay, so the argument for that is that people are so used to doing so much online and, uh, you know, facilitated by your smartphone or your computer, that kind of thing. But also there's the other side of the argument that is after COVID, people have played more emphasis on communication with family and friends and in a city like Wuhan, which experiences frequent rain, cold weathers and hot summers, having this great, huge indoor entertainment area is a great choice for local residents just to hang out and do a bit of consumption on the way. So so yeah, maybe there is kind of a mindset shift in all of this. Yeah, I absolutely would concur. And in the case of Wuhan, what we are witnessing over there is that it seems this local shopping mall or retailer is even, you know, taking the local weather condition into consideration that's really comprehensive way of thinking and i think um according to some retail industry analysts or the so-called experts let's put it this way they say nowadays it's really important for retailers to focus on this so-called experience on the part of consumers and the, this kind of shift from addressing consumers' material needs to addressing their spiritual needs. Because in addition to consumption itself, this kind of feeling generated by the surrounding you know, shopping environment, as well as the, the kind of joy and happiness generated by, for example, being with your partners, with your friends, talking face-to-face, communication, also constitute a very big chunk regarding this physical value of those physical Mm. retail stores, right? Yes, and also just by some of the examples you gave earlier, Ding Hong, it sounds like it might confirm something of a trend that has been going on for a few years. That is, in physical retail, there's this mantra that if you can get the baby slash child of the family into the mall, then pretty much mission completed. (laughs) Basically, the whole family will be there and um, they're going to be buying drinks. They're going to be buying stuff and you're bound to sort of see revenue come in. Let's say if you have, you know, the fun playground or the amusement park within your shopping mall, and this is what some of these um, shopping malls have managed to construct in China and also having your own ski resort. I mean, kids have so much energy and time during like vacation times, such as right now. And then families are looking to find places to park kids or at least spend time with your kids and uh, when they're out of school, right? So Mm. it sounds like a great idea just to get them into the petting zoo or the amusement park and have a great time there. Yeah, and by the way, I have also, you know, apart from this mainstream way of, say, catering to their raising kids needs, I have also seen cases which caters to some 
so-called niche need or niche market. For example, in Shanghai, a local mall has established an art museum. So far, this museum has hosted more than 80 art exhibitions and over 70 public lectures by some, you know, celebrities or scholars. This model is sometimes called Commerce Plus.、Mm-hmm. For example, Commerce Plus Art, Commerce Plus. Outdoor activities, etc., etc. So all in all, I think they are all looking to cater to the diverse needs of consumers. And by the way, art is probably no longer a niche market in our days, right? I don't think it's a niche <laughs> anymore, and it's everywhere, in my opinion. Like just look at here in Beijing. Like at least three out of the five shopping malls I can think of right now have a, a small museum exhibition area, if not a gallery. And it's one of these、uh, almost like staples to sort of upgrade your shopping mall to make it more artsy and you know add a little bit of flair, that kind of thing. So I don't think it's、uh, niche anymore. It's becoming kind of the default setting for some of these bigger and、uh, also you know shopping malls which want to sort of signify we have possibly a higher echelon of.、Um, Consumers, if that's what they're trying to attract, or you know, that's one of the ideas out there. And of course, these days, e-commerce is huge. And how are the physical stores treating online competitors more as a compliment these days? Yeah. So I have an example here. There is Huma, which、um, has extended its supply.、Uh, Chain globally, and it's brought what it calls freshness to its customers. For example, there are live crabs、uh, from the famous Yangcheng Lake caught in Jiangsu Province, and they can appear in offline stores, obviously,、um, uh, and they can、uh, be there in Guiyang and Guizhou within just forty-eight hours. There's also tropical imported fruits such as durians, coconuts, and dragon fruits that can also be supplied continuously. Throughout the winter season, so there's the methods that are used、um, are direct sourcing methods from the origin.、Uh, there's things like chartered flights, opening up green channels、um, to determine the supply base on the demand、uh, to reduce waste, and there's also on-demand customization.、Um, so they are using this global supply chain、uh, to serve the increasingly diverse Chinese market. There's also, on a more local level,、um, there are local food vendors like. Fruit and vegetable vendors, and something quite simply, a, an, an example of mixing, merging offline and off online is WeChat groups. And I think that we see this with a lot of things these days,、um, where WeChat groups offer this opportunity to make it more social, right, and make it more community based. So you can have this WeChat group, and、um, people who frequent the store can be in this group, and the the vendors. Can advertise deals and stuff like that, so they can post about it. And I've even seen some myself with restaurants where the group has become so successful as a socializing group that customers are basically advertising the store for free, and they'll、mm. be posting pictures of what they've bought, and they'll be talking with each other how delicious it is, and things <laughs> like this. And it's it's great marketing for the for the、um, for the vendor as well. Yeah. Well, but they have to get. Such a sweet deal, right? If they're actively <laughs> talking about it on social media without being paid,、mm. you know. So that's really interesting. You know, these days, what the vendors and businesses want most is to have this aftermath effect. That is, after you've purchased the thing, 
you want to talk about the experience online and mm. that's what they're all hoping for and um, congratulations if you managed to do that but also we're seeing that these days even with your neighborhood fruit stall or you know your neighborhood wet market or all these um small shopping areas within the local neighborhood you see people actively using messaging tools such as wechat to construct their very own little sales group and uh, apparently you know the really good deals and discounts are first advertise there and then the local customers can really benefit from that and that sounds like something well anybody looking for a sweet deal would be very much allured mm. too yeah it seems there is a a lot of efforts in terms of setting up or establishing this local community level ecosystem mm. yeah and um, i have also seen cases in which there is a utilization of those, you know, sub application or mini apps within the WeChat on the part of retailers like Beverage, Fast Food, and some of the mini supermarkets or the so-called mom and pop retailers. Mm -hmm. But I think in a bigger picture sense, there is really a kind of um, a restructuring and a reform of the supply side. Mm -hmm. And here, I think one example I can think about is really this landmark Dong'an Market in Beijing's, you know, signature Wangfujing mm -hmm. district, right? Because in January 2022, Dong'an Market reopened after some degree of uh, renovation. It has transformed itself into a very modern-looking, fancy buyer model department store. And here, I guess, its fanciness is not only, you know, seeing through that this very fact that the, this particular department store is now a gathering of somewhere around 400 international trendy brands, with nearly half of them entering the Chinese market for the first time. But also the way these brands are, you know, laid out and showcased to customers uh, one by one, there is a lot of delicate architectural design regarding the, for example, the inner space of the shopping mall. So it is really the first buyer model department store in Wangfujing district, marking a very key step for Wangfujing's transformation and innovation in terms of uh, its local, you know, department store businesses. Great. The buyer model has been a prominent fashion procurement model for years. So basically, mm. you have a couple of people, I mean, traditionally, this is how it works, who have eclectic taste. And then they go out selecting the best products from the best brands or, you know, best could just mean that, you know, this would be the most suitable or sought after for your target audience. And therefore, it deviates from the idea of showcasing your products according to brand but this is more according to you know a theme or a few themes that you deem to be important for your potential clientele so this is quite mm. the departure from what it used to be in Dongwan market and I'm excited to check it out actually after Ding Hong has explained it to us and as a Beijing local I always have a soft spot in my heart for 
Dongan Market. It was initially opened in 1903, 120 years of history. Therefore, you can do the math. And Dongan wow. Market is the earliest comprehensive market established in Beijing. So it used to be one of the very few places that Beijing locals would visit right before, let's say, the spring festival, like around this time of the year, and uh, big holidays and uh to shop for the most trendy goods of the time. So yes, really excited to see these uh, new changes happening in this uh, landmark shopping mall that has been around for a long time. Yeah, thanks for that brief little history, Heyang. Dong An Market is pretty well known. I, I, I think I went to it within the first month of arriving in Beijing about five and a half years ago. And uh, I, I, I've only been here for that much time, so I think it was already pretty modern by the time I arrived. But it's it's interesting to hear about its history and how long it's been there. But I do know that a lot of these shopping malls, including Dong An, have had to modernize a lot, right, um, over the years. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, but even in the last sort of 10 years or so, to include all of the facilities that you guys just mentioned, right? And mm-hmm. I know that a lot of these big markets now they have almost everything in them. Like you said, even like ski slopes and stuff, some of them. I'm not sure if Dong An has one, not but Dong I know An. in the Wang Fujing. <laughs> not yet. But in that Wang Fujing area, right? Mm. I think there's some malls. I'm sure I saw one there. Anyway, it's if you've if you've ever if you're going to Beijing or if you live in Beijing, I think even as a, a foreigner here, when you go to that area, Wang Fujing area, it really is quite mind-blowing how many stores there are there and how developed it is as sort of just a big shopping district right it's even bigger than a mall i guess Mm. and actually funny you brought up again you know the history i've realized that a lot of these uh traditional department stores within let's say the vicinity of the wang fujing area they have really made quite a few evolutional changes from traditional markets in the open air to going into a big building and then, you know, from having these stalls to having indoor stores and then going from department stores evolving into today's shopping malls with so many more choices of amenities. And uh, these are all the uh, vibrant changes that we have seen happen. And nowadays, every shopping malls seem to have their own mini program embedded in WeChat, if not their separate app. And they're trying to sort of integrate online and offline, offline to online, just so that life can be more convenient and attractive to get these customers into their physical space. And if we take a step back and look at the bigger picture, retail is playing increasingly a big role in our economy. And Ding Hong, you being the man of the numbers today, <laughs> <laughs> I know you've done some homework and tell us about retail's role in our economy. Yeah, so really, I think the bigger picture is that services industry and consumption are increasingly becoming the growth engine of the Chinese economy. In 2023, China's retail sales of merchandise stood at over 41 trillion yuan, or 5.7 trillion U.S. dollars, an increase of 5.8 on a yearly basis. Retail sales in China's urban areas rose by 7.1% year-on-year, while in rural communities, 
the increase was even higher, standing at somewhere around 8%. And for example, online total online retail sales in China reached two trillion U.S. dollars in 2023, up by 11% year on year. And offline, there was also a rosy picture because really a number of major department store brands they have really reported rosy business performances for 2023 most recently, according to the Industry Association in China. The relevant industry associations, almost 400 new shopping centers was opened over the course of last year. Also, more than 60% of the surveyed cities across the country have reported an increase in terms of the local number of convenience store outlets. Those are lots of numbers to digest, and also China offers exciting. Investment and retail opportunities for those interested. 